Welcome into episode eight of the PrintFest DFS podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rue, alongside Scott Bandian. We both ended up playing the same lineup this week, and uh, we, we finished with 137.4, um, just barely getting over the line of cash. Line of cash was right around 135 in most um, single entry double ups. So we just barely got over. We ended up winning um, a very nice 69% of our head to head. So a nice, uh, profitable day, even taking a, a zero from Justin Jackson, who got injured on the first play of the game without even getting a touch. Um, so I, I consider us, you know, that was unlucky that, that he, you know, got hurt on the first play of the game. But I, I I'm consider ourselves lucky that we still got over the line to cash, uh, even taking an air ball uh, from Justin Jackson. Yeah, yesterday... Uh... We were sweating down to the very end of the last game, man. Uh, I thought when uh, when the Chargers on the one-yard line at the end of that game, I think we both thought we were dead. We oh, both thought Keenan Allen was getting that one-yard touchdown to put us under the line to cash. But we held on. And we – I mean, it was close too, man. I mean, we were two points above the line of cash and still won 69% of our head-to-heads. That tells you how many people were right there. At yeah, the it was tight. It was real tight, and luckily Justin Jackson was, you know, owned by half the field, so it didn't absolutely put us in a coffin. But damn, if it wasn't close, I know. Yeah, if Justin Jackson doesn't get hurt, we don't sweat anything in the entire second half. We're kicking back, just counting our money. Yeah, we probably finish 10, 15 points above line of cash, get triple ups, maybe quadruple ups, all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, still end up being a solid day. So we both played uh, yeah, Josh Allen, obviously, like just total windmill. Uh, he had in the first drive, he already had like six points. He was just totally smashing all game. Uh, he ended up having three passing touchdowns. He got the rushing touchdown at the end of the game. There was like a couple minutes left and they were down like the three yard line. I'm like, okay, well, this is, he's going to get his rushing touchdown on the goal line. And once he did, runs in a three yard touchdown, puts him from 32 points up to 39. I'm just like, this is a total windmill. He was only 30% owned in double up. So, I mean, he wasn't even like the Uber chalk. Man, total smack. I mean, a lot of people, uh, I don't know what Russ's ownership was off the top of my head, but I know he was somewhat popular. And I just, for me, I didn't think it was reasonable to fade Josh Allen and expect to win money. I mean, we said on Friday that Josh Allen has in this game, a chance to go for 35 or 40, and he went for 39. And, man, he windmilled. And if I – if you didn't have Josh Allen, there's no way you felt comfortable all day, especially after that first drive. And he was – he almost had the bonus at halftime. I mean, he was yeah. torching Seattle. And, I mean, this is what we were expecting. Obviously, you're not going to reject for 39 out of him, but – I said I thought his floor was 25 or so, and he hit that at halftime. So, um, yeah, I think just an absolute windmill. Feel fine about it. Yeah, I think the lesson here is that we keep seeing it with these these 7K plus price quarterbacks. Is that if they can, if they have dual upside where they can run, we're talking about guys like Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, Russ, Deshaun Watson, uh, not as much so Lamar this year. Um, because his passing has been horrid, but these guys who have the dual upside who can get their throwing and get their rushing, I mean, the upside on these guys is completely out of 
the realm of a guy like Big Ben or Jared Goff or Tom Brady or Drew Brees. They just can't get there. They cannot get to 39 points or 40 points if they don't run in a touchdown. They would have to throw for five or six touchdowns to get there. So I just think the floor and the ceiling is so much higher on these guys that are that can get there in both ways. So I think if you're going to pay up, make sure your quarterback can run. Yeah, last year at quarterback, we paid down a lot, and we were just hoping, you know, if we get 20 to 25 out of these guys, that's great. Now that's kind of the floor that you need. If your quarterback's not hitting that 20 to 25 threshold, with the top price guys who are seeing massive ownership every week, whether it's Ross, Josh Allen, Mahomes, uh, uh, Kyler, it's hard to compete, man. Yeah. Obviously, this week, Drew Locke hit that mark. He hit, what, 30? 33, yeah. 33, yeah. So, but he, he had 37 he rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. <laughs> and that's unlike him, right? Exactly. And if you get that this year, it's, it's tough. So – I thought Josh Allen was a lock all week. Yeah. Yeah. That game environment was just set up perfectly for him to totally smash. And he definitely delivered there. So the other lock, I think, so Josh Allen was probably a lock all week. I, I think from the start of the week, Dalvin Cook was just a total lock all, all day. I mean, yeah, he scored 42 points coming off of the 50 burger he scored uh, in week eight, but we knew he was going to get 20 plus touches. We knew I mean, he was at home. High implied total. We talked about him on Friday against Detroit. They can't stop the run. We know Minnesota. All he wants to do is is want to establish the run with them. And he ended up. He had like, I think he had like twenty seven points, and then he broke off a seventy yard touchdown to get up over two hundred yards. Just a total print fest from Dalvin Cook at eight point two k. If you didn't play him, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, that last seventy some yard touchdown really put the fish in the coffin right there. I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I know a lot of people. Faded Dalvin Cook for, you know, smelly David Johnson. Yeah. James. I think that is just disgustingly bad. Like, there's – it's indefensible how bad that is. Dalvin Cook, we said Friday, he has the highest upside at the running back position other than CMC and Aaron Jones. And maybe you can make a case that he has that same upside. We've seen it the last two weeks. Uh, obviously, you're never going to expect, you know, 42. I mean, he had 250 total yards. That's a ridiculous outcome. But the point is, on this slate, he was the most locked-in bell cow with the best matchup. I don't care if he was 8.2K. That was the right price, right? So, And you have to expect this in this type of matchup. That's why I love playing Dalvin Cook. When he has a chalky matchup against a bad defense, he really never busts. Um, and, I mean, getting an explosion like this, if again, if you didn't have him – you probably didn't make money. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, because he was right around like 60% owned and double up. So if you didn't have him and if you don't have Josh Allen, if you didn't have either one of those, man, you didn't make any money today. So the other running back plays we had uh, was Chase Edmonds. And so, yeah, he disappointed. He only scored uh, 11.8, but he had 28 touches. He played on 95% of the snaps. That's – I will take that all day. The Cardinals scored 31 points. If you tell me before the slate starts – that the Cardinals are going to score 31 points. Chase Edmonds is going to get 28 touches on 95% of the snaps. I'd play that all day. He'll probably in, in every situation there, he probably scores 25 plus. So perfectly fine with the process there at 6.8 K. Yeah, he definitely ran gold. The efficiency that we'd seen leading up to this game kind of went away. Um, 
But I mean, he was so highly owned that it really didn't matter. And he was another guy that was just a virtual lock. Running back was really weak this week outside of like three or four core guys. Um, so even with him really hitting his floor, I would say 11.8 on 20 touches for yeah. him, a guy who's so involved in the, in the passing game. Um, I think he hit his floor in this game. And thankfully it didn't kill us because of the ownership um, in conjunction with guys like David Johnson getting hurt who had, you know, 35% and double ups and 50 fifties. Um, yep. 28 touches to 6.8 K in a, in a game that shoots out. I mean, you, you're never going to fade that. Or you shouldn't at least. Yeah, so the last running back play we had was Justin Jackson. And there's nothing we can do here. I mean, he got hurt on the first play of the game, got a helmet to the knee when he was uh, pass blocking for, for Justin Herbert. So, but if, let's just go back to the process of why we played him is that he was 4,900. He's at home against the Raiders. We knew he was going to be point scored in this game, and Troy May Pope was out. So it was just Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly um, in that backfield. And so if we're going to project him for 15 plus touches at 4,900 in that matchup, uh, I think Justin Jackson was totally fine. Yeah. And remember the process here was uh, high price receiver was very strong this week compared to low price and the mid price guys. Um, so I know at least we felt that prioritizing two of Julio Lockett, Keenan Allen and Diggs was important. Um, and Justin Jackson opened that up for us, especially when you're paying off at quarterback for Josh Allen. You had to find value somewhere. And for the price, yeah, Justin Jackson was risky because of losing goal line. Uh, and he, he's just had variance in the amount of touches he's had over the last uh, three or four weeks. But I mean, that's what you get when you pay it 4.9K. Now, uh, if he doesn't get hurt, even if he hits his floor, even if he has a terrible game, I mean, we don't even sweat this slate out. Uh, luckily, he was, you know, owned by half the field, like we said before. Um, but just unfortunate. There's not really anything you can do. The process was fine. You can't account for a helmet to the knee on the first play of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. But thankfully, it uh, it didn't kill us. Yeah, what makes me feel better about the play, too, is that Kalen Blage came in and scored 16 points. And Kalen Blage is a total dumpster fire. So, I think – Justin Jackson in this spot, if he gets the the, the role that Kalen Balazs got there, he probably puts up over 20. So Kalen Balazs get on the Chargers. When did this happen? I, I honestly not know. Like, I did not know he was on the Chargers. I thought he was out of the NFL. And he should be out of the NFL. God. So anyway, uh, so that was our that was our running back. So we played Edmonds, Dalvin, and Justin Jackson. I know a lot of people play James Conner. And of course, I mean, game script ran him out of there. James Conner, I thought, was still a fine play. Um, you know, he only, he ran completely ice cold, only scored four. And then David Johnson, a lot of people played, which, I mean, that's just a horrible play. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, you're a fish if you play DJ. He's dust. Straight up. He's and I mean, yeah, he got hurt and had a concussion, but he's dust. I mean, anyone who played him, you don't know what you're doing. So I didn't think about him for a second. No. Literally not a single second. At wide receiver, Julio Jones was, I, I think, the best play of the week. Um, and just a total lock with – Calvin Ridley out with Bryce Callahan and A.J. Boye out. So the top two corners were out for Denver. No Calvin Ridley at home in the Dome. We know how you know Matt Ryan always throws for over 300 yards in the Dome, like seemingly every time that he plays at home. 
at 7,200, I think Julio was in line to just absolutely smash. And he ended up being okay, not great. He went 554 and he did get into the box. So he ended up being okay, not really getting there. But he was just so chalky. And, I mean, in this spot, I would play him all over again. Yeah, that's the thing. He was really, really chalky. I mean, he was <clears throat> greater than – I think he was – 59% owned or something. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> and in where, yeah, in a game where Calvin Ridley's out, they're at home, they're playing a bad pass D and a beat up secondary. Man, when he's, you know, upwards of 60% owned in cash, that Mount St. Julio eruption spot is real. And, and it, seems like, it seems like chalk uh Julio chalk week never really gets there, mm-hmm. but it's a scary fade. Like if he if he blows up, I mean, this dude had 300 yards in the past. Obviously, that's not the projection, but I mean, if he goes for 150 and two, which is well in the range of outcomes for this spot, yeah, you don't have exactly. that. That is that is very scary at that ownership. Um, and so he wasn't even my favorite play. I actually faded my favorite play, which was Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. somewhat because of how chalky Julio was. That's just terrifying to fade. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen was, was definitely one of the stronger plays in that range. We talked about it on Friday where Diggs, Julio, Keenan Allen, and Lockett, I think, were the four strongest plays at that right around the 7K price range. And so we ended up going with Julio and with Lockett. And Lockett, I think Lockett is – he's a very volatile option. I, I don't know if he's really a, a cash option anymore. He He's either going to go all the way off or he's going to basically get nothing – He's really like feast or famine. Um, so I'm not sure if Lockett can really be trusted in cash going forward. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the process a little bit with Lockett. He had a much better matchup than DK Metcalf. Yeah, in the slot. Uh, DK Metcalf, I don't, I don't know what percentage of his snaps he was shadowed by Tredavious White, but Tredavious White is one of the best corners in the league. Uh, hands down. Um, Buffalo's had a slot funnel all year that's been attackable in DFS. Uh, and in these games, Pete Carroll seems to scheme plays to the open or the, to the better matchup. And uh, talk about another scary fade, Tyler Lockett. If he gets one of these blow-up games where he goes for 40 points and he don't have that, you're probably dead. And Tyler Lockett was even higher owned than Julio, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Julio was right around like 55, and Lockett was right at 52. So there, there. So that's another scary fade. And yeah, Lockett of those big four this week. The thing is, is that he ha- one he has the most volatility. Um, and two, the other three are just locked in alphas. Keenan Allen locked in alpha. Julio locked in alpha. Stephon Diggs locked in alpha. But Tyler Lockett's upside is higher than all of those. Even Julio, I think. Tyler Lockett has the most upside of all four of them. Uh, But, yeah, going forward, it's pretty clear that Metcalf is the alpha. And also, I'm getting tired of trying to choose between these two. (laughs) It's really getting difficult. (laughs) Uh, So I think moving forward, if they're both going to be this expensive, I think I'm just going to fade that spot and – just try to prioritize guys who I know are going to get the volume game in, game out. Guys like Keenan Allen, who you know under Herbert's getting at least 10 targets. Um, so process-wise, I think it was fine this week. But moving forward, I don't think I can do it anymore. 
Yeah, it's always tough with Lockett. He's just so up and down, but his ceiling compared to those other guys is pro- it's right there with him. His floor is just a little bit lower. His ceiling might even be higher than someone like Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen needs volume to get there. Lockett can get there on five or six targets. Right. Um, so the last wide receiver that we played was Darnell Mooney. And I know, I know a lot of people punted off with Marcus Johnson or uh, you know, Danny Amendola, um, Christian Blake, some of those guys. I thought, I mean, they were fine at their, you know, at minimum price. I think Mooney, I think we really uh, ran a little bit cold here with Mooney. He ended up having 11 targets. He went five, he went five receptions for 43 yards and he got two end zone targets. So Mooney only scoring 9.3 points with that kind of volume. That's honestly pretty unlucky um, for 3.9 K, but he ended up being just fine. 3.9 K 9.3 points. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I felt pretty good about him, especially when the news that Jadavion Clowney was ruled out. Um, that's what we wanted for this game. Um, Nick Foles is a lot better when he's not being pressured, and that allows time for Mooney to get down the field. I mean, he has like a 15-8 Yeah. Um, so it was a really good matchup. He definitely did run cold. And I think, didn't Nick Foles miss him on another D-ball? Again, yeah, for like yeah. the eighth week in a row. <laughs> yep. Um, but I mean, 3,900, he got 9.3. That's fine. Um, he outscored guys like Blake Johnson. Amendola definitely got there. He had a great game. Um, but I thought Mooney was just, he had a lot of, he had way more upside than any of those guys. And he had been getting targets and deep targets. And if he connects on one of them one of these weeks, uh, that's just electric. So, yeah, I mean, I, even with these punt guys, I'm still looking for a ceiling because all these guys don't, they, they have no floor. None of them have any floor. They're like 3K for a reason. But Mooney definitely has more upside than Marcus Johnson, more upside than Danny Amendola. Amendola probably has a higher floor, but Amendola is just not getting to the kind of targets that, that Mooney is seeing. So I thought, especially in this matchup here against Tennessee, I thought Mooney was definitely fine. And, you know, 3.9K scored nine points for us. I thought that was perfectly fine for the price. And so we always love to punt off tight end. I think that this is the optimal way to go, at least in 2020 in cash games, is to just punt off tight ends to these guys who are under 3K. And we did it with Albert O this week. He was 2,800. So he ended up only having one catch for seven yards and um, he actually tore his ACL in this game. So he's going to be out for the year. Um, you know, who knows if, if he actually was able to play this full game, maybe catch the touchdown. Like we mentioned, when you're punting off tight end, you want guys that can get into the box because at the end of the day, it's really what you're looking for at tight ends is getting into the box. And the Falcons, like we talked about, were absolutely atrocious to basically every position and definitely tight ends in particular. Alberto, yeah, he's not running a ton of routes, but he's he's getting the most end zone targets on a per game basis in the entire NFL among all tight ends. So um, I thought Alberto was fine. If we're looking to punt it off, 2800s, I thought he was fine. Yeah, I mean, people like to say that running backs don't matter. Well, for DFS purposes, tight end does not matter. Like straight up, unless you're playing Travis Kelsey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, there's so little opportunity cost between these guys. I mean, if you played Hunter Henry, what Hunter Henry got like what six points? Like yeah, around seven. Yeah. You know, Hayden Hurst ended up getting there. He had a fine game, but like, I just don't care. Like, it, it allows me to pay up at running back, quarterback, and receiver if I punt tight end 
And I just don't think it really matters. Like I punted tight end, I think all but one week where I played Darren Waller and most of those weeks I've profited. Um, so going forward, it's still going to be my mindset um, when I'm working through my process over the course of the week. I, I just, I, it, I don't like paying up and I'm just not going to do it. Um, the other thing to mention here with Alberto is Noah Fant left this game at one point in the first half. And obviously you're never going to wish ill will on anybody. It sucks that he gets injured, but we thought we were rich when this happened. <laughs> like yeah. we thought we were going to get, you know, almost an entire game of Alberto starting at 2,800. And we just thought we were just, Oh my God, we thought we hit the jackpot. Um, obviously Fant came back in this game and Alberto uh, saw a decrease in snaps and ultimately got hurt. But uh, I mean, he got us 1.7 points and it didn't matter. Even That's with Justin Jackson hitting that zero, it didn't matter. That's the thing. We've, we've done it multiple times. We did it with Adam Troutman a couple weeks back, and he got a goose egg, 2,500. The thing is, it just doesn't matter. And, and the reason why is because it allows you to get up to someone like Josh Allen, who can go off for a 40-burger, gets you up to Dalvin Cook. If it allows you to jam in, you know, all of these guys, I think that it's fine. Just sacrificing tight end and just look for a touchdown upside there. Just – Try to find a guy who's getting a couple end zone targets and just roll with them. I mean, yeah, if they're not running a ton of routes, it's not even that big of a deal because it's tight end. You can take a zero at a $2,500 tight end as long as your other guys are fine. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's not a lot of top options at the other positions, if there's not these high-priced quarterbacks that can run and you know, someone like Devontae Adams on the slate, well, then we might not want to punt tight end. It's, just, it's really just in the context of the slate. But most weeks, we're going to have these guys that have these massive ceilings at these quarter, at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions that are just so much more important with so much more opportunity cost. I mean, tight end just does not have the opportunity cost um, that it just really does not matter. I mean, yeah, Travis Kelsey's there. Travis Kelsey scored 28 points, but he was 3% owned. So it doesn't matter. No one had him. Everyone was playing mid-range, and the mid-range guys mostly busted. So... I think that you just save the the 2K, put it in your pocket and save it and then use it to get from someone like, you know, like, so let's so, so say next week, get up from someone like Lockett up to Devontae Adams. So I, I think that's that's the main thing here is just keep rolling with with these min price tight ends when the context of the slate allows. I think that's that's the lesson to learn here because we've done it multiple times and we've been just fine it just doesn't matter <laughs> and a lot of the times with these cheap tight ends i mean you'll be halfway through the week and i mean we saw this a couple of weeks ago when austin hooper got ruled out on like wednesday yeah exactly. obviously the Perfect. price can't account for that yep and then you get right. the harrison bryant you know what 2800 or whatever he was yep um so i mean how many guys at, at the tight end position not named travis kelsey can you definitively say he will get me 15 points? Yeah, I mean, maybe Darren Waller and, and Kittle when he's healthy, but he's out for the year. Right. And that's the difference between these high-priced quarterbacks. When you're paying, you know, mid to high 5K range of quarterback, you're hoping they get you 25. When you're paying up 7K, you're expecting 25 with upwards of 40. And the thing is, the quarterbacks – that can run, they have more outs. They're not just like these 
these statues back there that if they don't throw three touchdowns, they're not going to get there. No, they can get there rushing. So the, the high-end quarterbacks that can run, their floor, like they're much less volatile. So I, I, I agree with it. I mean, just pay up when you need to a quarterback, which is completely different which, from what we're used to do, where we're used to just paying down a quarterback and, and, you know, going from there. But now, and just hoping for like 20 points now, in, in 2020 with these guys that can run, I mean, you it's really have to prioritize these guys in elite game environments that can run. I think that's the lesson to learn here. So another solid week uh, for the PrintFest DFS boys. Uh, we did end up on the same lineup there at the end. We were, we were debating it, debating it left and right. We we're trying to figure out what we want to do. I had a 2v2. I had a, a Drew Locke and Noah Fant or Josh Allen and Albert O. And I decided just to punt it off a tight end and go with Albert O. So we end up on the same lineup. And um, that's how it goes sometimes. So solid week, won 69% of our head-to-heads and uh, finished two points above line of cash. So we, we just barely got there, even with a goose egg from Justin Jackson and Albert O only getting 1.7 and tearing his ACL. So uh, I, I still feel great about the process. And, um, you know, I think we're going to be all right going forward. Yeah, and I mean, this week coming up, week 10, I mean, it's an exciting slate. There's a lot of uh, interesting ways you can go on, on the salaries. So uh, I'm excited. It's definitely going to be one of the more exciting weeks working through uh, the process. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's going to do it for episode eight of the PrintFest DFS podcast. We're going to be back on Friday night. Until then, good luck, everybody.